Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Josh Mitchell. He is um, from Bluffton, Indiana. Good old uh, Indiana boy. Um, same as me. He's worked on several different companies, including Sony Universal, uh, New Line Cinema, Pizza Hut, Compendium, you know, helping them with their products. And then he met Joel Smith, which had more of a design principle and helping more with UX design and conversion optimizations. And so that together they built Design on Tap. And now uh, Josh is going to talk a little bit more about um, a company called Product Forward, which is a branch off of Design on Tap, as well as Josh not only in, has done this, but during the last year, he has created and explored his passion for tea by creating an innovative company called rarebrew.com, which we can talk a little bit more later in this episode. Josh, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so... Josh, I was kind of, we were kind of going back and forth through the green room of like, what what do we talk about? Um, what's kind of, you know, on the horizon? And the thing is, is that um, just to give people a kind of a backdrop, you know, Design on Tap has always kind of been on my radar for the last, I think, two or three years. You guys, your team does an awesome job with um, product UX UI, like just the simplicity of understanding where to increase conversions, but also where to increase engagement, just to kind of give the audience a little bit of backdrop here. Now with product forward, you know, Josh can talk a little bit more, you know, about this, where it's, you know, spinning off that product UX um, design arm into product forward. And so my first question is, if anybody has started a new company or started a wing to a new company, you know, if you're at GE and you're starting a new wing or even with GM with like electric, like electric vehicles or no emissions by like in the mid, like 2030 something or other, you know, what were the team's initial insights from clients? What were their findings enough to say, hey, we need to spin off a new company? Yeah, so there were there were several things that were having um, challenges within the internal team um, as we we're selling and marketing. Uh, people were wondering, like, are we a web design shop or are we a product UX shop? And having those two services together makes sense in a lot of ways, but it also uh, creates confusion. And a confused mind doesn't buy. So as we were talking it through, we were like, we could optimize processes. We could we could split up the design team, the development team. Like everybody could be split up and optimize which processes are being. Um, you know, within both companies. So that, that helps clean things up. And then the product or the service that we're working through gets much simpler as well. So now things can be much tighter in the experience. We can optimize um, products and services for our clients even better. And then the marketing message gets much, much more focused. So right now, if you go to Design Talks website, it's kind of muddy because you're, you're talking about these two different people that we're serving. And sometimes they happen to um, need both, but most of the time we're either working with somebody that needs a website or we need needs a UX UI uh, design for a new product or, or version two of their product. And um, that message just gets really, really um, muddy. So, you know, we've been using, so we've been, we've been looking at different models and theories for a long time, trying to figure out what's the best one that's going to really optimize um, products and websites for higher conversion and higher engagement. And most of the models that we looked at were really focused on like the product or the consumer. Um, and I think the consumer one is definitely better, but what we found even better is uh, using jobs to be done. Cause then we're actually getting down to what job is that user, that consumer, um, that user is actually trying to get done. And if that job has like a functional 
or like an emotional or like a social component to it, um, it, it really uh, makes for much more engaging, um, sticky products, and then also much better marketing that's more targeted. So you're not just throwing darts randomly in the air trying to find it out. So our team just kind of figured those those things together, and we finally have made the decision to split that up. I I can resonate with that because yeah. I started a company and did the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to do this kind of marketing. I went from like literally, I think a year marketing to switching from a marketing agency to marketing consultancy to trying to figure out what it was. And I ended up, you know, I'm like, what, where your passions lie and where you can you differentiate? Because, you know, from your mind, like you said, you know, web design and product design seem to be the same thing. But from a consumer's perspective, as someone who comes to your website, it's totally different of how you, so you're basically almost not eating your own dog food, but you're realizing I need to separate these things and separate the offerings in order to be very crystal, crystal clear with things. Um, crystal clear products. There we go. Here's the, could be the title of the episode. You but you, you mentioned a few things. Um, you mentioned marketing messaging focus. You mentioned simpler product and service, and you mentioned process improvements. You know, why narrow down on these three things as a crucial components for clients? And if you want to describe a little bit more of, we can even start with marketing messaging focus first. You know, why why that as a kind of a starting point? Yeah, so people, people need to connect with what it is that you're trying to sell them or market to them, right? Otherwise, uh, they're just going to move on very quickly. Everybody's moving very fast. And the market's getting super, super saturated with a lot of different products and services that have overlapping, um, you know, value offers, right? And so instead of trying to go out there and say, we do everything, um, which means you really can't do everything and not very well, right? You, you got to focus. So we're actually turning away a lot of projects that uh, we used to do. And we're focusing more in on what our strengths are. And then we're dividing and conquering. So there's certain designers on our team that work way better in the process that we've we put together for UX. And there's other designers that are really great at conversion design for marketing. So we're splitting up the team a little bit. Um, we're able to optimize those processes because they are different. And there are different um, research models that are being used for both of those. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's super important. Um, and then, oh, go ahead. No, I was going <laughs> to add to that. Like this whole thing kind of comes back around to like the metrics of success should be defined around the success of getting that job done. So, you know, for our clients, we've been doing this for a long time. Like we, we figure out what the job is that they're trying to get done. And then we put metrics around tracking that. And that's how we know whether or not the website or the, the UX is performing, right? We're measuring those metrics. And for us to to split up, you know, product forward for ourselves is is basically doing that same thing. It's like we need to know what what um, like a new founder, technical founder, trying to get a new product off the ground and needs a new UX UI created, right? Those there's unique jobs and there are goals that they have that we need to optimize our products and services around to give a better experience and a better deliverable. Hmm. So. Talking back to like a technical co like a technical co-founder or founder or whoever, you know, is building that product. How hard is it to make a simpler product and service? 
I know everybody says, hey, we need to make a simpler product or service. But what kind of goes into that and kind of in detail of like you kind of mentioned, you know, two different um, wings for, you know, designer skill sets, two ways to do consumer research. Yeah. You know, what kind of what kind of goes into that when people say, yeah, we need to make this simpler. How do you go about doing it? Yeah. So a lot of times our clients simpler means a couple of different things. So like we have to we have to like help them realize sometimes that you're not going to be able to compete. Um, with the Goliaths that are out there, right? Because they're able to do a lot of different things, offer a lot of different things. So we need to figure out what what that strength is, optimize around that, and maybe even like stop working on certain components of the application that they're creating, right? And really just focus on what they do best because it's likely that the Goliath isn't very good at that one one item or those two items that we identify. And then that's how you're able to market and, and position yourself much stronger against a Goliath, you know, because like these larger companies um, are, are known for certain things too, right? And as they grow and scale, they start adding on because that's how they, they expand. Um, and then these smaller companies, they, they try to duplicate that, right? They, they, they try to race with adding all the features. It's like, well, yeah, we have the same features as, you know, Salesforce has or, or whatever big giant company. And like, that's just an impossible game to play. And so like, it's better to hone in on, you know, what is it that you're actually solving for? What is that one, one or two things that you can really build a strong value prop around and, and simplify around that. And simplification is super hard and long and time consuming process. If, (laughs) if you don't know what you're doing and, and, and you're not focusing it through like a model, like what, what we've been doing. Yeah. And so because you have the sales team yeah. telling you what everybody needs. Right. So that's a whole bunch of feature requests coming in. You got the marketing team coming up with things that competitors are doing and you got clients that are calling in for requests. So like who's who's owning the product and managing all those requests and figuring out what's actually on the roadmap and what are things that we should purposely not target and, and go after. Exactly. And I've noticed a, an uptick in uh more product owners these days, especially with bigger companies like Salesforce, where they have more of those people to kind of dedicate towards that. So when you have that, um, with those, you know, things in place, what about something that is a company that's smaller? You know, how, how do you distinguish a product owner to kind of, um, kind of protect the product in a way, but also see, but also get the, try to filter and get the right, you know, segmented feedback from your sales and your marketing and other parts of your company. How do you kind of work around those lines? There are some pretty good tools out there that can help you like balance, like, um, you know, cost, uh, reward and kind of balance out like different, uh, feature sets, if it makes sense to do that or not. And then I would overlay that with, um, jobs to be done interviews. The, as far as like what you're asking, as far as a smaller company, sometimes they might have to hire like a part-time product uh, manager or a uh, product coach. Um, so Joel on our team is actually a product coach with the uh, SAS Academy. And so all the SAS Academy um, members actually are able to interact with him and get, get that, that help and that coaching from, from that program. So that's been really good for, um, for the members and, and for us as well to work closely together. Cool. And so, you know, the last part of this is process improvements. So we've already gone, let's just say, you know, we've got the marketing messaging focus. 
we've got you know, more of a simpler um, dedication of, you know, what are the one or two things that we need to, you know, build out? We've got, you know, our product coach or our product manager. What's kind of the not, you kind of mentioned, you know, a tidbits of, you know, kind of process improvements, but can you kind of lay a little bit more detail into that? Yeah, so process has become super important to me over the last, um, I don't know, two years or so. Um, as a service business, uh, we don't have the same scale that you might have as like a, a pro- an actual product, right? Um, and process becomes even more important um, as service businesses grow and scale. There's just so much human uh, activity that's happening and talent that's being, you know, a resource that's being managed. So there's a lot of rooms for um, room for errors and repeat errors. So if you don't document what those er- uh, errors are, if you don't um, have retros to kind of go over like lessons learned and, and incorporate that into a process, you're just going to keep hitting those again and again, and you're not going to grow and be able to leverage that. And as, as new people come onto the team, they're going to be making those same mistakes and people don't understand why you're doing it a certain way. And so like they might try different tangents. Um, so like process just really helps the company be profitable for one, and then two delivers a better outcome. So, um, there's been so many times that in the last six months or whatever, that when I'm on a sales call and I show them like the process that we're going through, like a lot of times they'll tell me like, this is why we chose you because uh, we've talked to other teams and they didn't have a process outlined like this where it made sense, like what it's going to look like, how, how the timing's going to, to roll out. And it shows that we've done this enough times that we know what to expect. We know where the pitfalls are and uh, we can deliver a better experience because of that. I like that. I I like the documentation part of it. I I have noticed, you know, just from an outward perspective, I've seen, you know, a lot of the companies, Google, Klaviyo is another one. They, They have great process documentations of like, this is how we did it. And this is how, you know, the next iterations of stuff too. Yeah. If you've already built that eternally on a service side of the business. So that that's very interesting. So, you know, from an offline background, can you kind of, uh, you know, no more grilling questions here, but if you want to kind of share a story of maybe um, a process improvement um, that you, you helped the company, you know, help the company make, or you sold something that they actually saw, um, you know, in detail of, you know, what that entailed versus, you know, a competitor. I think that'd be kind of interesting to kind of talk about that as well as, you know, how is, how is that moving forward with product forward? Yeah. So uh, with product forward, we're, we're going to be using a tool called Trainial. It's a process um, tool. You can also use it for um, like onboarding new employees and teaching them. Uh, so we're, we're using that tool to like document everything, organize things. And um, through, through working with them, so we actually did their website and through that process, we got to learn a lot. And it, it's, it's an amazing company, great people. And it's been very helpful for our company and it's helped us survive um, through the ups and downs. And, and now to a point where we're, we're ready to scale more than we've ever been. Um, so like the example that I was talking about earlier is uh, we were talking to a company that was over in Italy. Uh, he was reviewing a couple of different um, user experience uh, companies. And a lot of them had like, you know, your typical like, 
oh, we, we wireframe, we design, you know, your, your typical like one, two, three step process that you see a lot of times on, on design websites. And so like, that's, that's a good step, right? But the next step after that is like actually including and, and timing it out and boxing it. So we've actually like productized this, this process quite a bit. So basically there's a set number, there's a set timeline, and there's a set outcome that's coming out of this. So not every product is going to fit in that bucket, but a lot of, a lot of products that we work on do, does fit in this bucket. And so like they're able to buy this, this, this product basically, right? It's a productized service and they know exactly what to expect. They know what the timeline is going to be. They know the price. They know all the details of what they're getting out of it. And they can visually see that right in the, uh, the first meeting. So this is not like after I've talked to them and like, consulted and, and came back with a proposal or anything like this. This is something I can actually bring up, screen share, show it to them live while we're, we're on that first call. That's so cool. And I think that um, if anybody's looking out there for, you know, UX, you know, help uh, with products, you know, check out Josh with design on tap and product forward. Um, you know, enough about, you know, the companies and everything. Uh, Want to talk a little bit more about you, Josh, you know, why, why do you do what you do? Why do you um, work on products? Why do you sell? Why do you, why do you do, you know, why do you live in product land basically? <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't, so as a kid, I've always been a project person. Like I remember being in like elementary and middle school, like just always building and creating things. And, and originally it was just creating fun things and sharing them with friends and then eventually it was like creating these like circuit boards that lit up and did all these weird things. And, and I started selling them. Um, and then uh, as I got older, I got introduced to uh, Jason Becker, who um, runs uh, Rick Software and Dino. And through that experience of working with them for, I think it was about two years or so, I really got the inside of like how a product company SaaS company works and really enjoyed it, just loved it. And then I also got to work with uh, Subaru um, doing UX UI for their internal tool. Uh, so those those things together kind of brought that love and that interest of going down that road. And then Joel brought even more um, interest going that direction with his UX UI um, background that uh, he was already going down with his journey. So yeah. Uh, always, always just busy. I like, I, I don't like, um, I don't like not being productive. I like always moving forward with something. I like to create, I like to build. I like to, uh, explore new things. I'm constantly learning, reading books. Uh, I've also started this thing called the, uh, five minute, um, journal, which is freaking amazing. Um, if you guys haven't seen it or, or looked at it, it's just like, Seriously, three, five minutes every morning, um, you just go through this quick little thing and it's super helpful to just organize, like, what is your one thing for the day? What, what are you grateful for? Uh, it's been super helpful. That's cool. Well, we'll throw that into the, uh, the hobby section or the yeah. health section. You know, we can talk more about, you know, what do you do, you know, for hobby and health these days, as well as um, this is the, the time of the, the episode that you can talk about um, rarebrew.com. Yeah, uh, I was very interested in that. So, so I, I bought rarebrew.com like probably seven, 10 years ago um, with this idea of like creating an online tea community. 
and uh, just never really got it off the ground. Um, I had a few couple false starts. One was with um, actually a startup weekend, and it just kind of died after the startup weekend. So this most recent um, version of it is more of a higher end, um, high quality, modern tea. Um, I just felt like tea is an amazing um, beverage that has a lot of health benefits, but it's really hard to find good tea. I feel like in a lot of like restaurants and gas stations and, you know, just wherever um, it's just like this very um, limited tea scope. And so I wanted to try to bring tea um, into America a little bit more, right. And make it a little bit more modern and a little bit more fun. So I got like a green tea, pita colada, um, like an acai mojito. So like just having a lot more fun with like bold, um, exciting flavors. I like it. So Josh, you know, thanks for talking about product forward, you know, kind of talking about the transitions with, you know, design on tap over to product forward, you know, talking about the three main things with, you know, marketing, you know, messaging focus, simpler product and service, you know, process improvements, as well as, you know, kind of talking about, you know, can't compete with the Goliaths that you have to focus in on, you know, one or two good things, that you're good about, and then also how the company has started to improve better processes. And that's kind of been a really good selling tool. And, you know, a little bit about you, you know, just kind of talking about your background, you know, the transition from, you know, always, you know, building things to, you know, now building companies and now to the, you know, rarebrew.com. Uh, so for anybody out there, if you want to check out productforward.com and rarebrew.com, but Thanks, Josh, for being on this episode. Yeah, thank you. And to all the Converge Coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.